0: there Galatians chapter 5 we are starting a brand new series today and uh, if you go ahead and get to Galatians 5 you can just plan to be there for about the next nine weeks or so and uh, so hold your spot there today we're gonna we're we're gonna get there here soon enough we're gonna look at some other passages of scripture but starting a brand new series uh, called bearing fruit so let's do a little bit of um, audience participation shall we right whether you're in the room we have a good number of folks that are watching online during these crazy days of covid and so let, let's do a little uh kind of a, a little team building exercise we can see who uh see how crafty you are at um identifying fruits right at least how many fruits you can think of so we are doing a series called bearing fruit i'm going to give you 15 seconds not out loud because this will be total chaos so just quietly in your mind i want you to think in 15 seconds how many and keep count how many different types of fruit can you think of now you can't name 10 different varieties of apples and get 10 okay apples counts as one so i'm going to give you 15 seconds i need my glasses on so we need to give you 15 seconds we might be here for well over 15 all right and i want you to think and identify in your mind how many different types of fruit you can think of you ready on your mark get set go stop all right how many of you came up with five or less let me see your hand any of you five or less all right there are a couple hands how many of you came up with at least 10 let me see your hands okay how many of you came up with 15 let me see your hands 20 anybody with 20 I don't see a 20 hand anybody all right so here's what often happens. You're thinking, all right, what on earth is the significance of that little exercise? All right, the answer to that is not much. What often happens, however, is whenever you're put on the spot and you think, name how many different types of fruit you can think of. Chances are you're like, oh, I could get like a hundred of these things in no time. And then you start naming them. And once you get past apples and oranges and bananas and pears, it starts to slow down just a little bit Believe it or not, there are over 2,000 different varieties of fruit that are in existence worldwide And yet here in the West, right, we only access about 10% of those So about 200 different varieties And there are all kinds of different fruits, right, that we don't even know exist So let me just show a couple of pictures here Here's, here's one. Anybody know what kind of fruit this is? There's a very select group of people Who, who knows? Let me see your hands, alright This is called what? a jackfruit right in the first service we had four people raise their hands three of them have been part of previous philippines teams so this is a jackfruit it's an odd looking fruit and uh, let's go to the next one you might understand what this one is all right that's pretty easy that's pineapple all right obviously how about this next one look at this one that is called a star fruit for obvious reasons. I've never tasted one of these. Any any of you tasted a star fruit? Some of you have. I've never tasted one. Have no idea what it tastes like. Maybe if you have me over for dinner, you can fix star fruit. All right. So the next one. Here's the last one. How about this one? That is a dragon fruit. Isn't that amazing? I mean, that's just like a beautiful type of fruit. I've never tasted one of these either, but it's just amazing. I mean, it, it is is just. St- the, the view of it is just absolutely incredible and here's what it reminds us of it reminds us that our God is a creator that all the way back in Genesis chapter 1 he tells us how he created for six days it was on day three that God created fruit fruit bearing trees specifically now that's important so when you begin to wonder why did God create fruit specifically well for a couple of reasons one because it gives us food i mean imagine what it was like for the first people who realized that fruit actually grew on trees and you could eat it i mean what was that like for the first people who didn't even know this they're just wandering through a jungle somewhere they see this stuff you know hanging on a, the end of a tree branch and they take it off and eat it. it's like man this is awesome this is like ready-made dessert you don't really relate to that but imagine if you bought a new house and and out in the back of your yard, uh, your backyard, you went out there and there was like a cheesecake tree. Now this would be some good stuff, wouldn't it? Right, it's like cheesecake just growing off of a tree. I could eat it any any time, I mean, or a steak tree or a big potato tree right next to it. That would be that would just be perfect. So God gives us fruit for a reason. He gives it to us to eat right it's healthy i mean one and a half two servings a day I and mean, that's kind of what you learned in kindergarten when you were learning about nutrition and uh he gives it to us to eat but also here's the cool thing that in scripture god uses the whole concept of fruit as a powerful analogy for the christian life specifically and you'll find different passages of Scripture. Some in the Old Testament, you'll see some analogies of fruit, specifically where God refers to his children as the apple of his eye. You'll see different you know, phrases and terminology that's used that kind of goes back to fruit that he had created. But specifically in the New Testament, what we find is that it's this... This object lesson called fruit that God uses us to teach us specifically about the nature of the Christian life. And let me say, as we start this series today called Bearing Fruit, today is an intro, we're going to begin moving through a list of personal qualities that god calls fruit in the book of galatians chapter 5 we'll get there in just a second those one at a time starting next sunday and i just want to say this is such an important series because it is the key to an abundant christian life jesus told us he said in john chapter 10 verse 10 i am come that you might have life and that you might have it more what abundantly jesus wants us to have an abundant life he doesn't want us to have a life that just sort of makes it by by the skin of our teeth he doesn't want us to be in survival mode when you look at most christians today in churches just like this the most average ordinary day-to-day christians followers of jesus if you were to ask them have you ever been saved have you ever given your life to christ they're going to raise their hand most people that would fall into that category i believe i may be wrong but i believe would probably be living in survival mode Christianity rather than abundant life Christianity. And the reason for that is because of a failure to really understand and embrace and respond to what we're gonna see here about the fruit of the Spirit and specifically what it means ultimately to bear fruit. So that's where we're gonna be in these weeks ahead. Our key passage is gonna be Galatians chapter five, verse 22 and verse 23. It's a very short passage of scripture. We're gonna read it in just a second. I just challenge you to memorize it. It's very easy to memorize. And if you struggle, there's a nice little 1970s verse children's song maybe we can get a couple of folks to come up here do some interpretive dance or something to it and teach us about the fruit of the spirit but let's go ahead and jump in i think you can memorize it over the next nine weeks this is going to be in galatians chapter 5 22 and 23 our key passage for the next few weeks ahead so it says but the fruit of the spirit is love joy peace patience kindness goodness faithfulness gentleness self-control against such things there is no law so you may be wondering all right brooke so what is exactly the big deal i mean how how does this apply to me let me ask this question have you ever had a person in your life that was difficult to love now if they're in the room right now don't don't do this okay be a little awkward but have you ever had that person? Maybe it's that coworker, a couple of cubicles down from you. Maybe it's that neighbor. Maybe it's that aunt, that uncle that you only see at Thanksgiving or Christmas, and it's like, oh, are they coming again? You know, it's that kind of a thing. Don't act holy. We've all been there, right, with different people in our lives. It's just hard to love, and let's be honest, you've been on somebody's list too, probably, I'm sure. So, so think about the person that's hard to love, and how often have you come to that place where you thought, you know what, I'm, I'm just going to try harder, and I, I'm going to try to love them uh, in, in the best that I can. And you you've tried and you've tried and you've tried but you get to the place to where it's like you know what i just don't have it in me man i can't do this god you're gonna have to strike that off the list for me for that specific person because i've tried to love them and i just can't get there no matter how hard i try it just doesn't whatever bubble up or come to the surface or make its way out whatever it just isn't there for me or maybe in the area of patience maybe it's a um maybe it's you as a parent or you as a spouse or maybe for you in the workplace or again as a neighbor you think of that person who really tests your patience maybe it's your supervisor at work and 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 again there's a certain circumstance where your patience has been tested and you've thought to yourself you know what i just need to try harder to be patient i need to be a more patient person I need to try to get this nailed down, and so I'm really going to try to be patient with that guy at work or with my spouse or with my kids or whoever it may be. I'm just going to try harder. And no matter how hard you try to be patient, no matter how much you work at it, and you try to make that effort, you really, you really did. I mean, the last time you were with them, you really tried to just listen and focus and be patient, but it's almost like you went away thinking, you know what, I think God left that off the inventory list in my life because i just don't have patience with that person specifically or when you think about the area of self-control have you ever had that sin in your life that you've tried to push away and you pushed it away maybe for a day or maybe for a week or maybe for a year or longer but it just seems like it keeps coming back and no matter how hard you try to put that sin away there's just no self-control and as soon as temptation comes it's like boom off you go running down that road again and it, it, you move from temptation to embracing that sin and you've tried you really have and you love God and you want to honor God and maybe for you it's anger or, or maybe it's unforgiveness or maybe it's some you know an addiction or something that you that you do that you've grappled, grappled with and man you beat yourself black and blue and you feel so guilty but the issue is self-control and the issue is not that you haven't tried to apply self-control you've tried as hard as you can right but it just seems not to be there there's something that's missing that is why this series is so incredibly important and that's why Jesus says to us as we're going to see in just a moment what the key is to living that abundant Christian life and it's probably going to look different than you think it does so let's go ahead and roll out a couple of principles that are going to kind of sift their way through this whole entire series. And the first principle is this. You've got it on the, on the screen here. You can jot it down and uh, kind of keep it at the forefront for you over these next nine weeks. The principle is this, that fruit-bearing in a believer's life has really everything to do with growing in Christlikeness. See, a lot of times we look at this list, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, that whole list, and when we look at that list if we're not careful we can treat it like a list of options right almost like it's a fruit buffet and you know what i like bananas but i don't really like pears and so uh and i like apples but i don't i don't really like uh you know lemons or what you know and so you, there's certain things in your house you you, you kind of bring in some fruit other fruit you leave out a lot of times we treat that list that way and it's almost as though we look at those qualities in a Christian's life as add-ons. You know, it's, and we come to the conclusion that you know what? I'm, I'm in a relationship with God. I've given my life to Christ. I'm saved. All right, whatever terminology you want to want to use. But I know I'm not the most patient person in the world, and we just kind of like x that off, and we never give it another thought. Or I know I struggle with self-control. Or I'm not really kind. You know, I just x that part off, and we treat them almost like uh, you know like extras. But what we find here in Scripture is that the fruit of the Spirit, these nine qualities specifically, God places a premium on the presence of those things. And when we begin to look at those things, what we have to understand is that they fall into the arena of sanctification, of God making us holy. They fall into the arena of being made in the image of Jesus that's a big deal because god doesn't want us just to survive in our christian life he wants us to thrive he wants us to have an abundant christian life but he wants us to put him on display right and the best way to put him on display is when these specific fruits of the spirit that we've looked at when they are evident in our lives why because christ is the perfect embodiment of all nine of those qualities and when he walked this earth he was the perfect embodiment of of all nine of those qualities and so when we look at this series it's not just about yeah I'm going to aim for about four or five of those things and hopefully you know they'll be present a little more next year than they were this year no it this is important because it has everything to do with Christ likeness this is a big deal it's how we reflect Christ in this world but there's a second principle that I want us to look at that is maybe even more important for us to keep in mind And we're going to come back to this every single week. And the principle is this, that the key to bearing fruit in your life as a follower of Jesus, and we're not talking apples and oranges, you've got that figured out by now. Again, we're talking joy and faithfulness and the other seven that go along with it. The key to us bearing that kind of fruit in our life is ultimately to walk in the Holy Spirit. What exactly does that mean? How does that play itself out practically? That's what we're going to look at this morning in just a few moments this series is not about trying harder doing better okay it's not about doing better it's not about I need to try harder to have joy and so I'm just going to try to produce joy in my out of my own strength I'm going to just create joy in my life because I need it and I'm tired of not having it so I'm just going to I'm just going to try to buckle down and create more joy that's not what this series is about why because that's not even necessarily biblical but we do play a part in the fruit of the spirit being produced through us let, let, let me illustrate it this way so um how many of you have ever chopped wood right for a fire maybe it's at a camping trip or you know at home in a fireplace probably most of you half of you didn't raise your hand because you didn't feel like it right it's like that's such a stupid question brooks we've all chopped wood come on if you live in savannah you know you'll chop wood and that'll last you for the next five years right because we just don't ever use it that that much but it feels manly together and chop wood if you live in other parts of the country you know you're chopping wood all the time or you know you're just familiar with that but let's just let's just use this as an example i should have brought it with me so at home i've got a uh, a mall right so one side of it is like an axe the other side or the other end of it i guess you could say of the head is more or less like a sledgehammer and maybe what your dad taught you when you were learning to chop wood and to split wood which i'm horrible at by the way it's amazing i have all my toes still whenever i chop it but whenever you learn to do this what you probably were taught was you need to let the axe do the work for you right you get it up and you get it over your shoulder you get it in position yep you got a part to play you got to get it there but then you let it do the work you don't have to strain and strive like you're trying to win a prize at the you know the strongman competition at the county fair you know where that right no you let the tool do the work for you. You have a part to play. You partner with it. You got to pick it up. You get it up there. You get in position, but then you let the tool do the work for you. It weighs a a significant amount, and we have this thing called gravity. You let it all work together, and it will split the wood for you if you do it properly. When we look at the production of fruit in our lives, there's this thin line to where we can't just sit back and say, well, God, if I don't have love in my life, it's all your fault because you're supposed to produce it. We can't sit back and say, well, God, if I don't have patience in my life, then it's all your fault. Or, 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 Lord, well, I give in to this temptation over and over, and and I just don't have self-control. That's your fault. You're supposed to put this in my life, right? I know it doesn't work that way. There is a part where we partner with him. There's a part where we work together in conjunction with him as we walk in the Spirit. So fruit-bearing has everything to do with Christ-likeness, our growing and maturity in our faith. And ultimately the key to that is to learn what it means to walk in the spirit so let's take a little journey together this morning we're going to take three stops on this journey the destination is understanding what it means to walk in the spirit what it means to walk in the spirit so that we see fruit produced in our christian life a three-stop journey that helps us to see that first stop will be john chapter 15 so if you have your bible flip with me Back to the book of John, chapter 15. John is one of the four Gospels. John was a disciple of Jesus. He spent perhaps more time with Jesus than most anyone else on earth during Jesus' ministry. John captures for us in John chapter 15 the words of Christ. As he's speaking to a small group of followers, He's also speaking 2,000 years ahead to us as followers of Jesus. He's going to use an analogy that has somewhat something to do with fruit. And ultimately, it's going to show us the key to living a productive Christian life the way that God desires for us. So let's jump in here. John chapter 15. We're going to read on verse 5 specifically. So Jesus is speaking here, and he says, I am the true vine. And my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that doesn't bear fruit, He takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, He prunes it so that it may bear more fruit. Two thoughts real quickly. Number one, we're going to look a little bit later at how God prunes us. We're going to roll that into one of our messages in the series. But also, this analogy, you know, whenever you give an analogy, the risk is that it can be misinterpreted. Jesus is painting a picture of the fruit-bearing life. He's not painting a picture here of eternal security. So when he says that every branch in me that would be understood as a believer that doesn't bear fruit, he takes away. That's not a passage that we can look at and say, yep, see there, you can lose your salvation. He's not saying that at all. Verse three says, you're already clean because of the word which I've spoken to you. And so abide in me and I in you as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself he's using this analogy as a branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine so neither can you unless you abide in me i am the vine you are the branches he who abides in me and i in him he bears much fruit for apart from me you can do nothing now jesus (coughs) excuse me jesus was the most masterful communicator in all of history no one could communicate a message as clearly as jesus this is an example of that he is using this analogy that we can all relate to so well to paint an absolute clear picture of the essence of the christian life think about for a moment you drive by someone's house you know in your neighborhood let's say they've got a fruit tree you see a lot of those around here lemon tree the meyer lemon trees or maybe orange trees now, let's just say that uh, you drive by their, their, that person's house, or maybe you have one of those, and there's just a bunch of, of uh, limbs that have been cut off that, branches that have been cut off of that, and they're laying out by the road for the county to pick up you are not going to come back a week later and see fruit suddenly sprouting and blooming and beginning to grow on those branches that you you know that i mean you don't need me to tell you it doesn't work that way why because the branch doesn't produce the fruit the vine the tree produces the fruit through the branch the moment you disconnect the branch from the tree that branch is done as it comes to producing fruit the tree does it through the branch jesus is saying something Phenomenal, but he's saying something so incredibly clear that in the same way, we as followers cannot produce fruit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, the whole list. We cannot produce that in and of ourselves. We are just branches. The key is that we have to be engrafted into the vine. What does Jesus say? Look at verse five. We already know he's the vine. We already know we're the branches. He says, I'm divine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him, he bears fruit. Much fruit. So what does it mean to abide? Does it mean to come to church once a week? Does it mean to come to church two times, three times a week? You know, once every couple of, couple of weeks, once a month? What does that mean to abide in him? I think it means a lot of things. Literally, it means to remain in him. I think wrapped up in all that when he says abide in me it's the key to seeing fruit produced through your life I think wrapped up in that in that it's not just remain in me but it's to connect to him it's to depend on him it is to feed off of him it is to find our identity in him it is to be surrendered to him it is to find our whole entire life wrapped up in the person of Christ not to dabble with him right I dabble with golf Play like once or twice a year, and I'm not really good. Shocker. <laughs> a lot of people dabble with Jesus. He's uh, he's on the peripheral. He, he he's he's uh he he's on the list, but he's not top. He's not highest. He's not the main pursuit of their lives. And then they wonder, why is my life just seem to be off the rails? Why, why do I not have peace? Why do I not have joy? And why do I struggle against temptation? And Why is this? It's because we have to move from dabbling with him or fitting him in between the cracks of our lives to where he is everything to us. That's what it means to abide in him. And Jesus says, I'm the vine, I'm the life giver, I'm the one who produces the fruit, you are the branches, and so abide in me. And if you do, you're going to bear much fruit john chapter 15 stop number one let's go back a chapter stop number two jesus would make this comment soon afterwards would die on the cross for our sin he'd rise again from the dead he would return to the father where he's been ever since now he's coming back and he's there to welcome every believer who leaves this earth and steps out into eternity he's there But he would leave this earth, but before he did, he would give a word of comfort to his followers. Look at what he says in John chapter 14. He says, I'll I'll ask the Father, and he will give you another helper. That's a reference to the Holy Spirit, that he may be with you forever. That is the Spirit of truth, whom the world can't receive, because it doesn't see him or know him. But you know him because... Check out the wording. He abides with you and will be in you. Listen, Christian, the moment you give your life to Jesus, whether you were seven or eight like I was, whether you were an adult or a student, where, whenever you come to that place where you say, I'm a sinner, I need forgiveness, no one else can save me, Jesus, I lay down my sin, I believe you're a God, you died and rose for me, would you come and forgive me and take over my life? When you do that, at that very moment, the Holy Spirit comes to live within you the Holy Spirit indwells you. The Holy Spirit is God. That's why Jesus says here He abides with you. You can never come to a a place in your life, whether it's uh, dealing with a virus or whether it's dealing with job loss or whether it's dealing with health crisis, whether it's some financial issue in your life, you can never come to a place, Christian, where you can say God's not with me, right? Because the Holy Spirit indwells you. He lives within you. But there is a big difference between being indwelt by God's Spirit and being empowered by god's spirit there is a vast difference between the two and what jesus is saying here is that the holy spirit abides with you i'm divine you're the branches i'm going to go away when i go away i'm going to send the holy spirit he's going to indwell you and the same understanding would be that though jesus is not here bodily for us to abide with we still abide with God as we press into and as we abide with and remain in and connect to and trust in and depend on and find our life in the person of the Holy Spirit. You follow me? That is so, so, so important, which then takes us to Galatians chapter 5. Here's our third stop along the way of what it means to live a fruit-bearing life. So then Paul writes to the churches in the region of Galatia, and he says here in our key passage, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Please, 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 please hear this that when we piece all of those three stops together the picture is that christ is our vine we are a branch we can't produce fruit no matter how hard we try he didn't come to make us more moral he didn't come to paint us a picture of how we can just live a life of try harder try harder do better do better right he's our vine we're the branch he goes away the holy spirit comes to indwell within us And it's the role and the desire of the Holy Spirit, God himself, to produce all these qualities through our lives. But they're not the fruit of man. They're not the fruit of super mature Christians. This list isn't a list of super saints, right, who just have it all pulled together as Christians. It's the fruit of the Spirit. Let, Let me tell you why this is important for us to recognize. Again, because there are probably a lot of people listening to this message that are just flat worn out trying to live the Christian life in your own power. And You're trying to love the unlovable, and it's just not there. And you're trying to demonstrate patience, and it's just not there. And you've tried to be self-controlled, and under the wrong circumstances, that self-control is given in to the same stuff over and over and over. We have all been there. Or maybe it's an area of faithfulness or kindness or goodness, some other area, and you've tried in your own strength. And listen, you're just kind of worn out. You're kind of tired of trying. And your Christian life is not that abundant life that Jesus spoke of. It's to sort of keep my head above water, and I need to go to church on sunday kind of a christian life it's not this abundant life why is it because for you these qualities are the fruit of man and the professional christians the ones you watch on podcast let's do on podcast the ones you watch online people who work in a church you think oh wow well they've 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 got it all nailed i mean they're they're like the professional people who do this uh, you know, but they, they've, they've got the whole fruit production thing down but i just can't get it together that's not how it works it's not the fruit of man it's the fruit of the spirit And if we're disconnected from our walk with God and we're not spending time cultivating that relationship with him and we're never in his word that peels back the layers of our heart and says, this is not right. This is what I want for you. This is better. If we're never in prayer with him and building relationship with God as we talk with him and pour out our our, our hearts to him, if we're not depending on him, if we're not remaining in him, abiding in him in that way, we should not be surprised then when there's very little fruit demonstrated in our lives. Why? Because the key to seeing fruit born through our lives is to walk in the Spirit, not to try harder. Again, it's a partnership. We can't just sit back and do nothing. We've got to get the axe off the ground, but let the tool do the work. Let the Holy Spirit produce these qualities through us as we surrender and as we walk with him. You know, what's interesting is that Paul, all right, he wrote this book of Galatians as a letter. Letters have a flow, don't they? When you write a letter to someone or an email, hey, how you doing? Hope things are going well. Here's how our family's going. Hey, let me cover these three things. Three more paragraphs, you cover those things. You know, hope to see you soon. This is a letter Paul wrote. And that letter has a flow to it. Look at what he says in context around what he mentions about the fruit of the Spirit. Let's go back a little bit earlier to Galatians chapter 5. Let's go back to verse 16. He says to the Christians in Galatia, he says, but I say walk by the Spirit. Walk by the Spirit. What is the key to seeing fruit produced through our lives, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness? What's the key to that? It is learning to walk in the Spirit. Paul says, walk by the Spirit. You will not carry out the desire of the flesh. Wow, that's, that's good to know. Look at what he says two verses later, verse 18. He says, but if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Look at what he says in verse 25. Go a little bit further. After where he lists the fruit. if we live by the Spirit, let us also walk the Spirit by the spirit and it's the key (laughs) we abide in christ we walk by the spirit we trust in him we depend on him we find our life in him and when we do it's not because we try harder or do better what we see over time is that there are different qualities that only god's spirit could produce that are more evident in our lives so, so let's go back real quickly to this list as we start to wrap it up Galatians 5 let, let's go back to the fruit of the spirit verse 22 and 23 kind of throwing a curveball up there to our media folks there you go perfect thank you so, so this list which would you say you need the most to be demonstrated in your life right now would it be the presence of love or joy would it be peace man we sure live in a world if you're looking for peace in circumstances not going to find it is it patience or maybe just kindness have kindness lacking in your life you look at other people and think man they're just so so kind to people maybe you think i just struggle with that you know i just get so bent out of shape so easily and maybe just goodness or faithfulness would it be gentleness or self-control we're going to unpack all of those as we move one by one week by week through the series but which of those would you really say you know what if i could have a little more of that this week man that'd be a really good thing again keep in mind that we kind of pull this all together with a final takeaway and the takeaway is this that fruit doesn't come because you try harder but because you press closer so you say brooke so So if I know I need more of that list in my life, and if it's not the fruit of me, it's not the fruit of man, it's the fruit of the Spirit, then what do I need to do this week to be able to see some of this produced a little more readily in my life? You need to press closer. If you've drifted from time in God's Word, spend some time in God's Word this week. If you've quit talking to God like a friend, maybe start coming back to prayer again. If there's an area of disobedience in your life, Jesus said, if you love me, you'll obey me. Take, look at that area of disobedience. Fruit doesn't grow in, in bad soil. Take that disobedience, move it to the side, and walk in obedience. More fertile soil. Depend on him. Take your fears to him. Take your concerns to him. Take your struggles to him. Take your failures to him. Even right down to the point, l- l- listen, this is what I'd say as well, to the point to where, say you're at work tomorrow, and it's that, that person, again, few cubicles down, testing your patience. Before you just try to say, you know what, I'm going to have more patience because Brooks preached on this yesterday. I'm going to have more patience. I'm going to really try harder. Just stop yourself right there, call a little timeout, and just pray, right? Abide in the vine for just a moment and say, God, I need to have patience in this circumstance. This person is driving me up the wall. (laughs) And I've tried before. And I know if I try again in my own strength, I'm just going to fail. I don't have the patience I need. But, Lord, you have been so incredibly patient with me throughout my life. There have been so many times you could walk away from me, and yet you've been patient. And, God, I need that same patience today. And so I willingly, I trust in you, and I depend on you. And I pray, Lord, that you would produce through me this quality of patience and help me to demonstrate it in a tangible way towards this person in Jesus name. Amen. Let me say, that's not a magic lamp that we rub, okay? But it is a way that we walk in the spirit and we acknowledge, I don't have it in me. It's not the fruit of brooks. It's the fruit of the spirit and so Lord, would you produce this quality through me? Remembering fruit doesn't go grow overnight. It takes time. And as we abide and as we dig in and as we press closer What we begin to see over time is that god produces in us what only he can produce it really is the key to an abundant christian life is living the fruit bearing life and it only comes when we learn to walk as christians in the power of the holy spirit so brooks what can i do press in closer find your dependence in him alone But Brooks, I've never given my life to Christ, and so I don't have the capacity to walk in the Spirit. You know what? There's really good news for you that that walk can start today, even right now. When you make the decision to say, Jesus, I believe that you died for me and rose again. I know that you're God, and today I invite you to forgive me and to take over. And he'll do it. He'll be your Savior and your Lord, and He will give you a relationship with God. The Holy Spirit will come to live within you, and that beautiful journey of living a life, not of perfection, it's a growing process, but living a life that puts Him on display will begin today when you pray and give your life to Christ. Let's pray together. Lord, all over this room, there are probably a variety of answers to the question of which aspect of this fruit do we need to demonstrate the most in our lives lord many i'm sure would say you know what i need a i need a fuller demonstration of love in my life i need a fuller uh demonstration of of peace or of joy or of goodness lord all over the room there were i'm sure a variety of answers to that question but god if there's one thing we can take away with us Lord, it would be understanding the truth that we are not going to see this kind of fruit produced because we just show up at church or because we jump through hoops or try harder. Lord, it's going to come when we learn to live our life recklessly abandoned to you in full surrender where we abide with you and we find our life in you and when your Holy Spirit begins to produce these qualities over time through our lives. And Lord, there is an evangelistic aspect to this because our world needs to see these qualities. We don't see these qualities on display in the world in which we live. They are not produced, by and large, by this culture, Lord. They are only produced by those who have learned to abide and to rest in and to connect with and to find life in you. And you, over time, produce these qualities. And, Lord, it makes our lives more rich and more full and more abundant. And, God, it has such an impact on people around us because these have everything to do with Christ-likeness. And when they're on display through our lives, God, you are on display. Help us to remember this simple foundational truth that we've looked at today. God, that you call us to abide, to press in, not try harder. And Lord, I pray that you just bring all this to life as we move one by one through these demonstrations of the qualities of Christ, the fruit of the Spirit, starting next week. For those that don't know you, Lord, help them to be quick to place their faith in Jesus. And for those of us who do, Lord, help us to press in today and tomorrow and all week and next week and to praise you for the fruit that you bring in our lives. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hey, before we close out with a final song, I want to make mention of a couple of things. One, if you uh, made a decision today or if you have anything for us to pray for, we would be excited as a church staff to know about that uh you've